From Digitiki.com. You see, the important thing at Rogers' party tonight is the clothes that people would be wearing. It has to be just right. Then you do that for me, won't you? Shopping for Mod will be such fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what is Mod? Have him wear a pith helmet and sunglasses. Welcome to the Quiet Village. For another visit here at the Quiet Village, I'm your host, Digitiki, coming to you direct from Digitiki.com. As always, got my Mai Tai right here, and later on, we are going to have a visit by Rory Schneider, who is the producer of the wonderful weekend event in Palm Springs called Tiki Caliente. He has also produced numerous other events, and we're going to talk about his newest event, which is Mod Palm Springs, which is um, due to start October 11th through the 13th of this year, of 2013. It is going to be the first run for Mod Palm Springs, and I will have I will visit Rory in his own little um, Palm Springs oasis, I guess, if you want to call it that. Also, uh, uh, this is going to be one big uh, reveal show uh, as well. I, I wound up having a good time with Rory and having some cocktails. He's a master mixologist. Uh, he also wound up interviewing me. So uh, I'm actually going to start off this show with the big reveal. Here we go. I am also Marty Lush. That's right, folks, formerly of the Tikiaki Orchestra, because the Tikiaki Orchestra is not together anymore. And I have a feeling for a, a, a sizable chunk of you out there, though, both of those little pieces of information are news. I know to some of you who've already figured it out, uh, it's not news. Um, it's, I've had people who figured it out, sent me an email, and I have some friends who know me uh, as as well who also listen to the show. But the reason I'm actually doing this is, is twofold. Tikiaki Orchestra is not together anymore. It is defunct. Also, in the interview with Roy Snyder, uh, we talk a lot about about me and about my other, my other aspect, uh, Marty Lush and his Latin livers, uh, which uh, the other announcement, one of the reasons I'm basically uh, coming out of the Tiki is to let you know <laughs> that uh, I will be the headliner for uh, on Friday at Mod Palm Springs. I do want to say, uh, you know, I don't keep the two things uh, particularly secret. I just keep them separate. Marty Lush is kind of a, an alter ego of mine. Uh, I started the show as Digitiki. I was Digitiki before that. And uh, Marty Lush kind of came along and he was a lot of fun. But uh, moving right along, one of the reasons for this show is also to highlight uh, my performance at the uh, Mod Palm Springs. And uh, during the interview, we talk a lot about Exotica and its Latin roots. I wanted to do a show that was all Latin music because there's some great mid-century Latin music out there. 
But after talking with Rory and doing this show, this Mod Palm Spring show, it kind of gave me the idea to do a show that highlights the ties between Latin and Exotica. In fact, I'll give you another little piece of information. Exotica essentially is Latin music. How's that for dramatic impact? It's true. Actually, Exotica owes its existence to Latin music, and I'm going to prove it. Now, I'm sure there's a lot of of real purists out there going, no, it's not Latin music. It's not Latin music. Well, you can make the case that it's not Latin music, and, and technically it's not, but Exotica is made up of Latin music, and I'm going to give you a perfect example Quiet Village, the quintessential song for Exotica, is in fact a slow cha-cha rhythm. In fact, if you listen to almost all of Martin Denny's music, almost, I don't want to paint with too broad a brush, most of Martin Denny's music and a great deal of Les Baxter's Exotica is based with Latin rhythms. Now, he would put other lines like... Uh, perhaps an Arabic minor line over the top. Martin Denny would add Malaysian instruments uh, or or other Asian-type instruments, gamelan, bells, things like that, that were not particularly Latin, but there was a Latin beat underneath. And I'm going to actually show you a song that demonstrates this perfectly, and it, and it happens to be one of my favorite songs. It's by Arthur Lyman, and it is the title track to the album Bahia. Now, Bahia is actually, I believe it's a Brazilian song, but he did it more exotica, but they will break out. Listen to this very carefully. When it comes to the middle section, they will break out into a cha-cha rhythm, and you'll actually hear one of the band members yelling, Vaya, which is definitely not Polynesian. So now I'm going to show you the, the link between Latin and uh, exotica right here with one of the best examples, Bahia by Arthur Lyman. Thank you. 
Right, a decidedly exotic tune by Les Baxter from the Exotic Moods of Les Baxter double CD. That's a track called Pantan, and before that, Bahia by Arthur Lyman from the album of the same title. Both of those give you a perfect example of Latin music underlying, uh, providing the foundation for an exotica track. Pantan, that last track, uh, basically has two Latin rhythms. It starts out with kind of um, an orchestral rumba. And then it moves into a 6-8. It completely changes meter into a pattern which is called, uh, uh, actually, I've heard it called bimbe. Uh, it's been called uh, Afro-Cuban 6-8 because uh, Africans had a huge influence on the music of Latin America, especially in Cuba. So it moves into that 6-8. That is a very Cuban rhythm. Now I'm actually going to play a real Latin tune by Tito Puente, who is one of the quintessential Latin percussionists. The album is called Top Percussion, and this is pretty much a complete cha-cha, just the, the percussion section and the bass. This is a tune called Timon Bo, and you'll definitely hear elements of exotica or how exotica has used Latin music, Afro-Cuban music. Here you go.
Okay, there you have it. A real fun tune by Martin Denny. That is a track called Busy Port. And that is another perfect example of how Latin, Afro-Cuban instruments and and percussion rhythms actually go together to create exotica. Now, one of the things that is quintessential exotica, if you're a real diehard listener of exotica, the, the classic sound is that raspy That is not an, a Polynesian instrument, folks. That is an Afro-Cuban instrument called a guiro. It's pronounced guido, like guido, uh, but it's actually spelled G-U-I-R-O, spelled like guiro or guiro. And uh, it's actually a dried gourd with little ribs cut into it. And then a stick is is run across those ribs in a percussive fashion to create that rhythm. Uh, of course, nowadays we have metal ones, we have plastic ones. You can still find the um, the gourds, which I th- think sound the best, but that is an Afro-Cuban instrument. Uh, a lot of the instruments used in percussion, in um, in Latin, in, I'm sorry, in exotica percussion are all Afro-Cuban in in nature. Bongos, congas, the guido, uh, shakers, all of those things. They go to create that that rhythm. And as as many of you, if you're if you're really into tiki and Polynesian pop, you know that all of that is essentially contrived anyway. The the whole tiki aesthetic was created in Los Angeles by Don the Beachcomber. And as such, the whole exotica thing was was manufactured again. Uh, originally by Les Baxter, who is one of the Hollywood cats, and then it was kind of taken up and further exoticized, if you want to use the word, by Martin Denny. So a lot of that stuff has incredible roots in Latin. So why am I going through this dissertation? Well, one of the reasons is because I always wanted to do a show like this, and the other reason is because I have Rory Snyder coming up, who is doing Mod Palm Springs, and he actually hired me with my Latin band, Marty Lush and my Latin livers to perform because he wanted to kind of introduce the concepts that a lot of genres of music from the 50s and 60s actually combined to create other genres like exotica. Exotica uh, is very much tied to Latin music, so he kind of did that to open that discussion. So now, without further ado, I'm going to go into our interview with Rory, the Wildsville man, as he's sometimes known, who is the producer of Tiki Caliente, as well as the new event Mod Palm Spring, which which is going to be October 11th through the 13th in Palm Springs in 2013, of course. And uh, the the interview was so much fun. I could have done the whole show just as interview because Rory is of a, a, a character. He is a riot. I really enjoyed hanging out with him. I spent the whole weekend with him. We hung out. I got to see Palm Springs. We got to, we talked quite a bit about Latin music and exotica. So without further ado, I am going to get into the interview with Rory Snyder and we may revisit Latin and exotica again in the future. So here we go. Here's the interview with Rory Snyder of Tiki Caliente. So we are here with Rory, actually, we're not in the Quiet Village. We're in Rory's own personal Quiet Village. The Calcita. It's a Casita Tiki Caliente Calcita. Calcita. Very nice. Very nice. And we've got some Sinatra going. 
doing the uh, Joe Beam album. Yes. The Sinatra Joe Beam album, which is one of my personal favorites. One of my favorites. And we are having a fabulous cocktail that Rory just made, which I have to tell you, this room is paradise. I, I'm... Glad I'm, to have you. Yeah. You are my uh, tattoo to my Mr. Rourke. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, you know what? I can spot planes. They meant that as a compliment. I know. <laughs> I took it as a compliment, actually. I'm glad, I'm glad you did. Rory is the mastermind behind Tiki Caliente, which is in Palm Springs, as well as um, Mod Palm Springs. Correct. Which are two really fun events. And if you're in Southern California when these are going on, or if you plan to be, come to these things because they are a lot of fun. We'd love to have you. We need some new people. I like them because they're intimate. Yeah. And it's always a good time. It doesn't get ruckus. I mean, everybody has a good time. No, I I think, you know, I think our formula works because it's lack of drama. It stays smaller in size, and we embrace the newbies. Uh, You need the new people to fund the scene. And with Tiki Caliente, it's a tiki event with a twist of mid-century modern where Mod, Palm Springs, would be more mid-century modern with a splash of tiki in there. And that's the cool thing about Palm Springs is all of this mid-century modern stuff out here that is simply amazing, and I have not seen all of it. I've Just driving into Palm Springs, you just get the total vibe that you're in cool, relaxed, mid-centuryville. So it's, it's the perfect vibe for it. It's, it's a great town to live in. I never would have assumed one day I'd live in Palm Springs, but when I hit a certain age, it just felt right. And you kind of, uh, it, it, it's beautiful to go to the gym in the morning and pass in Frank Sinatra's house on the way to the gym. Nice. It's cool buying vintage furniture that will never go out of style because this town will embrace it. It's, you buy a chair and it's people come to your house and critique your chair. So it's, it's, it's cool that that stuff's appreciated. And it makes it fun because you don't have to have a lot of money to buy that stuff. You just have to be out on the hunt. Mm-hmm. So it, it's fun. I mean, it, five years ago was even better because you could get it in this town for nothing. But now uh, you go to an estate sale and everyone knows to buy it. And the next thing you see it in the store for quadruple the price. Right. So where are you from? Uh, originally Chicago. Wow. Yeah. What a difference in climate. Huge difference in climate. and. Quite honestly, it was interesting because I used to have a tiki background in Chicago, and I didn't know it. I used to always go to the Halakihiki, oh. which is Sven Kirsten, the Book of Tiki's favorite uh, tiki bar, Alwidco. And to me, it was just a great dive bar where young, good-looking women hung out because of this, <laughs> the fruity drinks. Nice. And still to this day, it's very cool. It's right by O'Hare Airport. Uh, the drinks aren't authentic by any means, but the aesthetics are just mind-blowing. They got a... Uh, there's a Trader Vic's there too, right? In Chicago? There, there is, used but to I be. don't remember. I think it might have actually closed. Oh, yeah. A bunch of them have been closing lately, it seems. You know, uh, I love the tiki community. I embrace the tiki community. Uh, it's part of my life. But to me, it's like any other business. You still got to be good at what you do. And uh, you could be a great... You should be a great bar before you're a great tiki bar. I agree. It's got to... Well, it's just bonehead economics. Yeah. If you spend a million dollars building something out just that looks great, but, you know, you've got to, you, know, you still got to run a business. No, you get that a lot, especially here in Palm Springs, where I think it's everyone's dream to buy a bar in Palm Springs when they retire. <laughs> but you'll find these places opening up, and it's like, hey, I owned a business in Cleveland. 
and I'm going to do the same business out here in Palm Springs. And it's like, dude, you're going to get slaughtered. Yeah. you got to be out here for a year to two, a year or two to feel the climate. And after you feel it, it's, it's, it's predictable. But because of the bad economy a couple of years ago, people speak with their wallet. If they come in and you don't show them a good time, they don't have to come back. No. And these days, I think people are a little more sensitive with their money. So you got to show them a good time, much like the events. I'm, I'm never... No, not conscious of the fact that they might not come back the next year, so you better give them their money's worth. True, but... I think, you know, honestly, I think because the economy changing, it's kind of a good thing. When it kind of went down, mm -hmm. people got back into staycations where, hey, let's go to a restaurant. The restaurant is escapism versus going to Tahiti or going to, you know, Hawaii. And you expect more bang for your buck. In the old days, I mean, you remember, I mean, we're roughly the same age where you'd go to a bar and you'd get like a... You know, I used to bartend in Newport Beach, and I, I would sit there at a place called Woody's Wharf, and it would be vodka soda, vodka Red Bull, vodka cranberry, vodka, and you didn't care about production. It was just, wow, that's the new skinny drink to stay lean and pretty. <laughs> and it, it was one of those things where you're paying for your lean drink, and now mixologies come back, where there's bartenders, you have to be knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. You didn't have to be knowledgeable 10 years ago. Yeah. It was cool to go to a discotheque in the, you know, I guess the 70s and 80s, and then, you know, the 90s, just fast vodka drinks, and you didn't really have to know anything. Now it's like, for your money, I want some production. I want to see what you can do to earn my tip. Mm -hmm. And then when you see, some, it's like a sushi ship. You look at that work, tip that guy well, because that guy's working his butt off for that. I'm glad it's appreciated again. Yeah. Because it wasn't for a while. It was just like, wow, these are fruity, fruity drinks. Watch somebody make some of these drinks. Right. There's some effort involved. And, yeah. you know, there's a lot of, much like a cook, there's a lot of prep work before you can even make the drink. And that's the thing. I, I consider cocktails to be a culinary experience because when you get into a real craft cocktail, it's a it's a real delicate balance and layer. Yeah. And it's something that you, it's a really nice new taste. Whereas, like you say, anybody can do vodka cranberry, which yeah. is what I do mostly at home because it's quick and it's yeah. easy and I like cranberry juice. But to make a really crafty cocktail is uh, is is like, no, you know? Well, these drinks right here, I mean, they're the Palm Springs Punch, which is my personal creation that was in the book that Shag and I did together, the drink book. But the big difference in this is the rum that was fermented and made into a spice rum from Brian from Zantiki Lounge. Mm -hmm. And like you said, when you taste the clove, there's not a store purchased rum you could buy that's a spice rum that tastes like this. And it's one of those things it's where amazing. a little bit of TLC makes the difference. Yeah. And if you're going to sit there and have a cocktail that these things probably have more calories than we want to tell... Um, I'm, I'm not counting calories. Yeah. <laughs> Get, Definitely, I don't want to know. But you, if you're going to do it anyways, you want to make it worthwhile. And that's, that's a good cocktail. Exactly. Mostly, if you're going to go out to dinner for a special occasion, you're not going to count the calories. No. You're going to order the steak with the onions and the mushrooms yeah. and the baked potato. Where are you taking these people? I was getting like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's the good stuff you got there. I'm always like, what do you have on your McRib special? I know. <laughs> it's true, though. It, it's it's. It's uh, it's it's a culinary experience when you get a good cocktail. So let's talk about the Latin livers now, playing you know, <laughs> headlining the Friday show of Mod. Okay. What should we expect from you know Marty Lush and the Latin livers? Expect the unexpected. That's what I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, it's a lot of fun. You're gonna dig it. It's um, my whole vibe when I put together the whole 
Latin livers thing was I wanted you to feel like you were in a Vegas nightclub. The musicians that I got are amazing top caliber guys. Same guys I saw the Tonga Hut? Yes. A couple years ago? Okay. Phenomenal awesome. musicians. It was a great show, that, thus being part of the mod of that. Thank you. Even though um, you lost the accent for this interview. I, I did lose the accent. <laughs> um, phenomenal musicians who, the interesting thing is, they didn't even know what a tiki was. When I first did this, but they're used to playing in a bar where people are not looking at them, they're, they're just playing everybody's drinking we did this show in this place with tiki's all around and everyone was sitting in chairs focused on them and everyone loved it and they were really appreciative they 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 loved the guys and they were just blown away by it they're like man this was the funnest gig we've ever done so i i knew well i want to do this again maybe just a rarity kind of a once or twice thing but when i get up there and do it i I want to talk to the audience. I want to entertain the audience. I I like being a complete cheese ball. Yeah, I love it. But you do it well. Thank you. you pull the crowd in. Thank you. I, well, I you know, and then I so I do the bullfighter outfit because yeah. why not? Yeah. It fits perfectly. But the, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's going to fit by Cali by uh, by mod, but um, we'll let it in since you lost those forty five pounds. Right. <laughs> You know, I should have, like, a busted seam on purpose somewhere. That would actually be a clever look. That would a be a couple right. of Barbie pins hanging in there. But um, the whole idea is I want people to be entertained. And, again, it, go, it kind of goes back to the whole, I want people to be entertained. I want to be able to to kind of recreate the whole cabaret thing where you had, you know, you'd have a music act that would come on and then you'd have the comics that would yeah. go in between and then the music, a new music act. Well, explain to these people coming to mod what the tie-in with Latin is with that period of time. Okay, the tie-in with Latin. Well, the interesting thing is, and what most people don't realize, is that Exotica is essentially Latin music. It, it was it was really interesting that I did the first Marty Lush show uh, at the Tonga Hut, and um, my fear was it's not tiki at all. I'm just doing it in the tiki environment. Um, so my fear was that people were going to be a little... Maybe put a yeah a little apprehensive because it's not tiki. But the funny thing was, the very next day, Sven Kirsten, who, who didn't come to the show because he couldn't make it, he did, he put a post on Tiki Central talking about how Latin music it was the roots of was the roots of Exotica, yeah. which it is. Um, well, that's why it was, it was fun for us to actually have you be part of the event because it set off several small side conversations <laughs> where I, I people needed to be you know. You know, they had to learn that this is part of the history. You don't realize it because after a while, you just remember the three names or the Mm -hmm. four names. And the whole Ricky Ricardo and the whole, you know, that vibe is a huge portion of that. And Ricky Ricardo opened a place out here in uh, something Wells. Yeah, Indian Wells. Wells. Yeah. He had his own place out here. Well, actually, Lucy and... Uh, Desi's place is right up the street here in Palm Springs. No kidding. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's all in... Latin and and the primary instrument that everybody thinks of exotica, which is that that is a complete Afro-Cuban instrument. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's called a guido, or guido. Yeah, that is the sound. That's the total exotica sound. Hardcore exotica didn't really come from Polynesia. It it came from Hollywood and it came from all these cats in the fifties who were doing Latin because Latin was really big in the fifties. 
Well, I'm glad you gave me the history because initially we brought you on because my favorite album or one of my favorite albums is Dino Latino. Oh, <laughs> I have that framed in my house, actually. So I was hoping you'd do some Dino Latino, but obviously you're not. So now I'm a little disappointed. But I'm I, sure I you'll can still throw fun. a tune in there for <laughs> Dino uh, D, uh, Dean Martin. See, that's another thing too is the whole cabaret thing. Dean Martin is my hero, yeah. my absolute hero. That guy could hold an audience. All he had to do was say, the, right in the middle of the first track, how long I've been on. Yeah. And the audience would go nuts. How'd y'all get in my room? Yeah. The, just, they had great comedic timing. He had it. He yeah. had it. Even, and I'll say this, I may have to cut this out for people, more so than Frank Sinatra. No, that's, that's true. I mean, any bio I've ever read. I always like the gray area that no one talks about, the real world. There's the production, then there's the real world. And you could tell just by what you see on camera after a while Frank Sinatra, when he walked into a room, he looked like sometimes he could have drama involved with him because mm-hmm. he was on, but he was he was known to be either on or off. He was mm-hmm. either in a good mood or he was, in, you know, what did he call himself, a 24-carat 24, uh, 24 uh, manic depressive, <laughs> which was his term yeah. about himself. But Dean Martin always seemed on. He was just a good host. Yeah. And you could tell when somebody's just enjoying what they're doing, and you could tell he enjoyed what he did, mm-hmm. even when he was off. So, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of the whole Rat Pack scene, especially living Me out too. here. And there's a great book I read uh, a couple years ago that was uh, My Life with Mr. S. Mr. S and I, which is uh, George Jacobson, Frank Sinatra's uh, personal assistant for really? the late 40s to the early 60s. He lives out here. Oh. He's uh, in a retirement home. And I went down there and I had the book signed by him. Nice. And it was so cool to sit with him for like two or three hours and hear his stories. Good and bad. Yeah. Because it's always fun to hear the real story behind the story where it's like, none of us are perfect. I love that stuff, and I'm I'm a huge Rat Pack fan. Throw Marine in there as Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> Give her put a patch on the eye. See, I have one eye yeah, hanging off. That, she can do it. She blends into any situation. She's she's coming down here. She is actually my secret weapon because she blends into any situation. She is a Bond girl. Oh, yeah. In the true sense. Yeah. She can do anything. But um, yeah, going back to the Latin thing real quick. Um, perfect example is. Arthur Lyman's Bahia. They do this whole, it sounds like Quiet Village with the dum 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 dum, mm-hmm. dum And then they bust into this cha-cha. And you actually hear Harold Chang, the percussionist, he goes, vaya! That's Spanish. He's talking Spanish. They're doing a complete Latin rhythm. And he's even saying, vaya! It's just exotic <laughs> sounding, though, because people didn't know. If you're non, non-white American, that was scary to them. That's right. Well, And that's yeah. another thing. When Exotica came out, Travel was still mostly for the elite, yeah. and some place called Buenos Aires, or even some place called Tijuana, yeah. was considered an exotic locale. It still is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Tijuana. I mean, that's after a few drinks. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Tijuana to me is a very high-end vacation. I mean, their animal shows and everything—they're beautiful. They're, they are the, the painted donkeys. Yeah, they're they're tourism attractions. That's right. That's right. My nephews and my nieces do those things. <laughs> There's a, a good quality family entertainment. I hate to say it. I've spent I've spent many evenings in Tijuana. Dog Shane. Most of which I can't remember, but yeah. I know I've spent them there. Yeah. But yeah. So let's get back to you now. What what was the genesis? Your first your first one was Tiki Caliente, right? Your first Correct. event? What was the genesis of that? I mean what just drove you to do it? You know, long story short, uh, I collect art. And uh, which you have an amazing collection, by the way. Uh, I 
became good friends with the art gallery owner out here, Jay Naylor, who's actually one of my partners for this upcoming event. He's uh, he's Shag's partner. Uh -huh. Him and his wife, uh, uh, Michelle Modern. And uh, he was talking about, he was kind of upset at that point that Tiki Oasis left Palm Springs and went to San Diego. And what would have been coming up was his five-year anniversary. And his first show was the Tiki show. Oh. That was Tiki Oasis. And he's, I'm thinking about doing a Tiki show. And we kind of discussed, well, we should make a big weekend of it all. And we were supposed to partner in on that one. So we, initially it was supposed to be Jay and I. And it kind of fell through. He was busy doing some other things. So I took charge and did Caliente One. And because of Jay kind of backing out and I've already committed the hotel and put the deposits out there, I had to find a way to advertise this thing. So I came up with the alter ego Wildsville man because yeah. I couldn't afford somebody to be my face man at that mm -hmm. point. And uh, Tiki Central advertised, had a couple people on the Tiki Central scene helping me uh, advertise and promote the show. And, you know, it was cute because when you look back at the first event, it was 70 people. But I think the catalyst of why it did so well is I think we did an extremely good job for 70 people that got their money's worth. Mm -hmm. And the bands that did the first show gave us extremely good deals because it was a first-time event with no budget. And we've been loyal to those people ever since. And they're great bands. But the following year, that's when the economy dumped, and we didn't do a second event. Mm. And at that point, it seemed like there was this word of mouth going on that people were upset that they didn't go to the first one because it was a one-time event. And then... A couple guys took over the bar restaurant at the Caliente Tropics and heard about the event and wanted me to redo it to set them off for the grand opening. And then we went to Caliente uh, 2, uh, which is 2010, and they didn't get their liquor license in time. Oh. And at that point, I brought in my liquor license because I was running a bar at that point, which kind of put a rift between us. And we sold the Caliente Tropics out, and I could tell, wow, there's people now. There's word of mouth. So, no, we got lucky. So, it all started with art. And as you can tell, like the first piece I bought of tiki art was the Wildsville Man from Derek Anager in Chicago when I was on the vacation. So, that's why I stole that name. Nice. Yeah. And who does pith helmets anymore? I mean, that's jungle. I thought Nobody about does that. It. it took time to come up with that. There were so many people coming up with their gimmick, mm -hmm. with their look, and I'm like, wow, that's simple. That's no thought. And I'm looking around, like, everyone's wearing fezes. Like, no one's wearing a pith helmet. And it's great because I wear the pith helmet and the Elvis glasses. And it's cute. I, I still enjoy wearing them. And the greatest thing about that outfit is when I'm doing the event, people can find me anywhere. So if you're looking for me, you go, there he is. And you're shielded from the sun. And shielded from the sun. <laughs> I, that, that, that's also a, a great bonus. <laughs> if you're coming to a Palm Springs event, do you really think a Fez is keeping the sun off of you? No. And, and, and I will tell you from experience, those things are damn hot. Yeah. They and are. You wear them well, though. God. That, your captain's hat. You know what? When I wear a fez and I see a picture of me, I yeah. look like I should be some guy from India. Well, I, first of all, when I first met you, I thought you had a Spanish accent. No. Because I saw you during the Latin Lovers thing. I was like, dude, this guy's. Well, you know, I, when I first saw it, I thought it was great because I thought, it, you know, to me, it was the equivalent, uh, equivalent of wearing blackface. So, yeah. <laughs> I, was I, highly, I was highly offended. As, highly offended as I was watching the show. And I was like, this guy's. He's rude. So besides uh, the Latin livers bit for the event, since you're helping me MC, yeah, are you going to possibly bust out the captain's outfit or possibly a suit when we do the Rat Pack show for the uh, the Martini Kings with possibly Sunny Moon doing a song or two with them? I have a I have a Polynesian jacket that looks like upholstery, like it'll give you a seizure if you look at it. So I'm going to wear you that sold me on seizure. Uh, what's you that? Sold me on seizure. Seizure. It'll give you a seizure when you Excellent. see it. 
It's crazy. So I'm going to wear that. Okay. Well, there was, you know, everyone, when you look at like TV shows like Mad Men and stuff, uh, and you watch people go, I wish we were back in those days. I mean, those weren't perfect days. No. And you think about all the stuff going on, and it's always funny because, you know, like yourself, you know, we both collect vintage albums. And I love that there's that pro and con, you pick up old vintage Sammy Davis albums, and they were like by some third rate record company, mm-hmm. and the the cardboard outsides are cheaper. They're like, mm-hmm. they're not, they didn't spend the money like they did with Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin. And then when you get to, the 70s I got a couple of Sammy Davis albums that are straight out of like he looks like Shaft like girl kissing yes. his ring a hundred girls around him and he like, did he, a lot of songs like that yeah too. he changed his image to be more like you know Motown picked him up and kind of made him into a pimp and it must have been an interesting time to live because even though he was part of the Rat Pack I would have to believe some resentment kind of builds because you're not equaling, you know you're you're Sammy Davis Jr. of the Rat Pack up until something happens and then all of a sudden somebody's, you know, still going to yeah. degrade you. But I guess it was an interesting time to live. I look at it aesthetically and it was a beautiful time, but I, I, I like the days we live in now. I agree with you. And it's always that classic thing. People now look back and go, oh, it must have been a simpler time. And, of course, the people in that simple time were looking back saying, oh, it was a simpler time before. So it never yeah. ends. No, you're, there's you always look back with nostalgia. I mean... There's a question I asked myself a couple of weeks ago, and I would love to find the answer from you know the average Joe, where if we really want the truth about life, why is it with a pope or a baseball player, uh, president, we always 25 years after they die define that this guy should be a saint or a hall of fame or the best president ever. Why would you wait 25 years when all their history has been forgotten about muddled, lost, and then we define them as what our memory was of the good times. It's because we always deify the dead. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. It's, it, you know, when they're alive, they're bastards. And yeah. then when they die, oh, they were such a great that, That's why we always look back and these, these things were all perfect. They weren't perfect. No. I mean, there was a lot. Uh, you look at baseball players and you go, wow, th- this was, if you go by stats, which baseball is all stats, how 25 years later are you going to change that? Where I'm from Chicago where... Ron Santo was a third uh, third uh, baseman for the Cubs when I was a young child, 60s, early 70s. They wouldn't get him into the Hall of Fame. He begged, and he died. And the year after he died, they put him in the Hall of Fame. And it's kind of like, really? That's even more hurtful. Yeah. But it was. it's kind of like, why was it you had to wait that long? And there's this weird thing that we believe the longer we wait... It's that same thing we grow up in school learning how great the Founding Fathers of this country are and then of course when you get older now you realize oh well they were slave owners and <laughs> they were banging their slaves yeah, and but we don't want to admit that stuff no no yeah, because it mars our history mm-hmm. our beautiful history of taking the Indians land from them right <laughs> that, that's the other thing it's like well there was nothing here in this country we just happened to find a yeah. empty continent and yeah no it didn't quite work that way <laughs> but yeah whatever makes people sleep better at night right Wow, this went off a tiki quick. I know we got. I'm going to edit, so it doesn't roll. No, that should be in there. I think we. But um, yeah, so so anyway, tell me more about your events. Now you've got um, Mod Palm Springs. When did you start Mod Palm Springs? This will be the first year for Mod. We. This is a new one. Yeah, this is new. The past two Octobers, I've done spinoff events Mm -hmm. uh, with a different theme. I'm not an artist. I collect art, but I I guess I have an artful mind where it's it's fun to kind of come up with something and have artists produce stuff. And this was the first year I thought uh, Caliente One started off with Jay and I partnering, and it didn't happen. And I reached back out to Jay, partners with Shag, 
uh, and him and his wife, uh, Michelle, and said, what do you think about doing more of a mid-century modern theme? It was still tie in tiki because I knew a lot of the tiki people would still come. Mm-hmm. And that's my strong suit. And he goes, yeah, you know what? At this point, let's do it. So we kind of lined it up and it's a great partnership because it's an audience I can't get on my own. Mm-hmm. Shag, Shag doesn't, Shag's audience doesn't necessarily know Tiki Caliente. And the Tiki Caliente people who know me that I know they're going to get their money's worth, they love Shag and they like mid-century modern. The music's going to be a mix of everything. It's about everyone having a good time and we're giving you a time frame. It's like, you know, late 50s, 60s. Have fun. You're going to be in a protected environment. You know, you got security, bar on grounds, food on grounds. You don't have to leave if you don't want to. But if you want to leave, there's a couple great things going on with the Modernism Committee. You can do a double-decker bus tour. Or you could check out, you know, the mid-century modern furniture sale. So I, I thought it was fun to bring people to Palm Springs and give them options. And this was the way to do it. And it's perfect. I think it's great because the whole the whole mid-century modern thing, you're right. It, it, it's kind of like those graphs where you see the circles and they yeah. kind of intersect in the yeah. middle. Tiki and and hot rod and all these other things and then mid-century is like the big encompassing thing everybody wants a mid-century piece you know it's it's glad that there's a respect to it and it's funny with the modernism committee and a lot of people here in palm springs that are into modernism which is a huge chunk of people uh the tiki's always been redhead stepchild (laughs) and for us this has been our fifth caliente going to year six and we were never really we've always done well and we've always tried to keep it limited to five to six hundred people and we, we flew below the radar, but a lot of the modernism board came this year because word of mouth went out about it and they all loved it. And it was funny where now all of a sudden they're kind of thinking about adding Tiki to the modernism thing out here in uh, February uh, and kind of giving us a little credit. And I think that happens because a couple of years ago you'd come to modernism and it would be, hey, here's a whole expose or two hours thing on Herman Miller chair. Mm-hmm. And then they brought down... Um, Phoenix, uh, Charles Phoenix, mm-hmm. and they realized Charles Phoenix was the bigger money maker of the event, and they didn't bring him in before because he was more kitsch than mid-century modern, and they real, realized kitsch was a little more fun than die-hard, kitsch factual is- mid-century modern. Tiki is the epitome of kitsch. Let's face it, yeah, even, it even back in the day when Tiki was original in the fifties and sixties in its heyday, it was. It was schlocky. It was cheesy. It wasn't supposed to be high art. Yeah. It was just kind of this escapist kind of wow. And what I find fascinating is some of the people now, some people our age and even younger, they'll look at an old tiki and they just take it as if they had just found the statue of David in the rubble at Rome, you know. Well, it's it's amazing that... well. You know as well as I do, it's amazing, like even in this room, this is all vintage, Mm -hmm. 1940s, 50s, early 60s, rattan furniture. How many times do you go to a place and you find a whitewashed piece and you go, that was a vintage piece that during the 70s was out of style, so they whitewashed it, or they ended up, it it went out of style and they put it in the yard as yard furniture and it became dilapidated Mm and thrown away. So when you find something that's from that era and it's still intact, Somebody loved it all that whole time. Or somebody exactly. put it somewhere and saw the value. Now, you know, I, I love the era we're from, but yep. as I get older, I think times have changed. I think, yeah, I love where I'm at now. It's nice getting older. I agree with you. Yeah. I, I, I love it. I love having the internet. Yeah. <laughs> I love having my computer. I can record this digitally. Yeah. We, we'd, had to have, we'd had to go into a studio for this. Yeah. But, yeah, you're right. I, I, I agree with you. I, I like now. 
but having things from yeah. yesterday around. Okay, so so give me the rundown. When and where and the whole... Here's what we got going on. Mod Palm Springs, October 11th through the 13th. Myself, the artist Shag, Jay Naylor, his wife, uh, Michelle Modern, are doing this event. If you've got your wristband and you're staying on grounds, one of the huge bonuses is Shag is doing a mug, pendant, serograph, only available to people with the wristbands. Nice. So you're getting a collectible no one else can get. But you're talking to myself, who's done these events roughly now, you know, six years in a row. We got a great event with the Gan Band opening up on Friday. Audrey Moorhead DJing. You're going to be helping me DJ, MC. Sunny Moon of uh, Nutty's going to help uh, MC DJ. Marina the Fire Eating Mermaid, who's going to be mermaiding, breathing fire, doing a custom, co- uh, handing the custom cocktail dance to somebody, helping us MC. You guys headlining on Friday night, going into Saturday, which is right now Kitty Chow and Fisherman, awesome, going into the Martini Kings with Sunny Moon, and we're still lining up one more band for Sunday. And on Sunday night, we have something lined up we can't announce yet. Oh, nice. Wow. So right now, if you've got your room and your wristband, you've done well. <laughs> but there's still more stuff to come. We've, we haven't finished padding the, the, uh, padding the show. Nice. And if you're thinking about getting a wristband and a room... Look at what we have now. You're already getting great value, but get in because there's only about 12 rooms left. And we're only going to 500 people. After 500 people, we don't want the body count. So don't believe you're going to get a ticket at the last minute or a wristband. I'm not a big fan of uh, selling last-minute wristbands. So please don't wait. Okay. Mod Palm Springs, it's the place to be. I'll be there. Are you going to be there? I will be there. Must be there. I I may not remember being there, but I'll be there. But that's how you know you were there. That's right. (laughs) Well, that was a really fun interview. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Very big thanks to Rory Snyder. Hope to see you guys at Mod Palm Springs. We have come to the end of another episode. And as always, want to remind you that you can visit the Quiet Village at any time by going to digitiki.com where you can listen to Quiet Village Radio 24-7. And you can also get a complete rundown of all the tracks on this and past podcasts. So, in keeping with the theme of tiki music or exotica and Latin music, I'm going to leave you with the quintessential exotica anthem, Quiet Village, done as a cha-cha. Until next time, everybody, hasta luego and aloha.